0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: I haven't really woken up oh, until I've had my McDonald's breakfast deal. And I know this is true because before breakfast, I put my phone in the refrigerator and couldn't find the keys that were already in my hand. Nothing gets the morning going like the first sip
2: of an iced coffee. Get any size and any flavor for 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. McDonald's. I'm loving it. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. This week on the Garage Beers podcast, it's episode 59. Blue Jackets fans, get ready. One of the all-time great Blue Jackets, former alternate captain of the Blue Jackets, joins us in the garage. It is Brandon Dubinsky. He's coming on to talk about his time with the team, his time in the NHL. We got Garage Beers of the Week. We got cheers of the week and so much more so come on up the driveway pull out your favorite lawn chair crack open a cold one and join us for garage Beers. hello and welcome everybody to episode 59 of the garage beers podcast go find us online at the garage beers on twitter on instagram find us on tiktok on facebook youtube page we are everywhere out there the garage beers podcast taken over the world and as always we're brought to you on the belly up sports podcast network go look up belly up sports uh, and all of our sister and brother podcasts on there we uh we are very lucky to have some very talented co-workers on the on the belly up sports network uh so go check them out i am your host michael keith go find me at garage beers mike and with me as always, my co-host on the east side of Cleveland, Chad Meyer at Garage Beers. Chad, what's up, Chad? Well, hello there. Woo! Hi! Hi! Ah
3: uh, guys, I am rolling. I am I am fantastic. I am stupendous. I am superb. I am uh 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 Outstanding! They don't, them, they don't
2: call him the th- th- the th- thesaurus. Wow, the th- thesaurus. A couple <laughs> of before the podcast, the thesaurus for nothing. That's right. That's right. Boy, <laughs> I'm 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 fantastic. Mike, how are you? Oh, I'm so good.
3: Thank you. Oh, for- god
2: oh, I'm doing great. You. That's
3: doing just fantastic. Great. That's
1: fantastic. I love to hear that.
2: The wife and I recently got into Schitt's Creek. Oh boy! Wow. Let me tell you, I watched, like, the first two episodes of Shit's Creek, like, way early on, and I hated it. Yeah. Uh I don't like this. I don't think it's funny. I'm not interested. Yeah. We are Uh now, we're now, like, barreling through the second season. (laughs) It it makes me, like, it's like a guttural laugh. Like, it makes me laugh so hard. I love this stinking show. And so, Yeah. yeah, that's what's good with me right now. We are just... Barreling through some Shit's Creek.
3: I loved that show too. Like it was, it was awesome. It, it like you, it took me a couple of episodes to, 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 I don't know, to kind of get used to it. Like when I first watched it, it was like, ah, eh, this kind of, eh. But then it grew and grew and grew on me. The more I watched it, and I was like, yeah, this is this show. is fucking hilarious.
2: So we got Shit's Creek. Chad likes it, but we can't forget joining us down in Nashville, Tennessee, in forty-eight inches of water, float <laughs> down there. Joey Whalen at Garage Beers. Joe, what's up, Joe?
1: Oh, what a week of weather. <laughs> <laughs> so You know what? Like living in Ohio, I say this. This is probably the fifth time i said these words. You don't know how good you have it. <laughs> right. Because sure. there's like nothing that's going to like, besides like, I don't know, like disease and people. Like there's not like natural things that are going to kill you. Uh, you know, you don't really get the tornadoes as much. You don't get the flooding as much. Um, uh, and it's kind of funny like i mean it's like the funny like when you're laughing in the face of danger and like the tornadoes or sirens are going off and you're in the bathroom eating some broccoli uh because the sirens are going That's off what you and you're i like, mean you were well, already I mean, there
2: you're already just <laughs> in the bathroom eating some broccoli yeah <laughs> luckily
1: <laughs> the I was there weather, when be. the sirens also went off no but uh it was a crazy week uh, glad to be safe And I hope, you know, everyone in Nashville That is less fortunate than I uh, Can get back to speedy recovery With their houses, a lot of flooding going on Down here and stuff, but
3: definitely- Well, with how- well, sorry, sorry, go ahead No, that's it Oh man, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there I was about to say with how religious Y'all are down there, there's gotta be oh, like geez. Four or five arcs There's gotta be four or five arcs around <laughs> <laughs>
2: Grab one of all the squirrels. That live <laughs> I did,
1: I did notice side. some trees going down in the woods behind my house. So I have to look at <laughs> oh, that.
2: There you go. There you go. And we have a, another special guest episode 59. We have a great special guest. You know him as a second round draft pick of the New York Rangers spent five seasons there before being traded to the Columbus blue jackets in that big, huge Rick Nash deal. Uh, and he scored over 70 goals and had over 150 assists for the Jackets, uh, and uh, and his presence really started and signified the start of winning in Columbus. And we love him for that. So we are very excited to bring on uh, from the Blue Jackets, Brandon Dubinsky. Brandon, welcome to the Garage Pierce Podcast. Yeah, guys, thank you. Like I said earlier, it's
4: uh, it's been a been a been a bit of a busy few weeks, but happy to join you guys and and, and talk hockey and talk sports and everything else. So excited to be here.
2: And we appreciate you taking the time in a busy schedule of travel and, and we're going to get to that travel and all of that uh, to jump on with us and, and, and dad life again, a couple of us on this podcast, know what that's all about. So uh, we know how hard it can be to step away, but we appreciate your time uh, jumping on. I'll tell you what, man, ever since we announced you were coming on uh, blue jackets, fans have been flooding the socials. They are excited to hear you on the podcast. So we're excited to get rolling with you to talk some hockey, but before we get into that, we start all of our shows with our favorite segment of the week. It's called our Garage Beers of the Week, and we always let our special guests kick us off. So, Brendan, all, all we ask you to do is just tell us what you're drinking uh, and tell us how you like it and give us a little review. Guys, I'm a, I'm a little ashamed right now. I didn't have time to run out and grab what I wanted. So,
4: unfortunately, I just have a Stella tonight, but...
3: yeah.
0: That's
4: okay. There's nothing yeah, wrong it's with Estella. Okay nice drinkable yeah. beer uh, down here in Florida. I like uh, I like Highli a lot. I'm, I'm I'm sort of into IPAs. Um, and if there's one thing I miss, um, I know you boys are a little bit further north. But if there's one thing I miss, it's uh, my Elvis juice uh, there in Colombia. Oh, yeah. So I mean, I'm, I love my Elvis juice. So um, I need some of the boys to send me some of that. That's for sure. I'm I'm I'm, I'm empty right now.
3: Yeah, we get plenty of that up in uh, up here in Cleveland, man. Have you uh, I don't know, like, if, if you've heard of the hotel or if you've been to the hotel down there, the BrewDog Hotel there, Brandon?
4: Ha- no, I haven't. Uh, I mean, the only BrewDog I've been to is the the one down there in Franklinton, the the uh, the restaurant, the um, you know, the tasting room they have down there in Franklinton, which they got a pretty sweet okay. set up there um, with the rooftop okay. and whatnot. So I have not yeah. been down down to the the
3: hotel yeah so yeah apparently uh apparently you get uh, your your own tap in your room you get like beer infused massages like you get it's just it's just beer everything man and it uh kind of sounds like heaven if i'm being honest
2: with you sounds like i
4: gotta <laughs> bu- book a vacation down there
2: yeah <laughs> <laughs> right right yeah. Hey, listen, what everybody in South Florida wants to do is book a vacation to Columbus. But you know what? The BrewDog Hotel has a little fridge built into the shower, so you can just have a shower beer anytime you want. How do you go wrong with that?
4: It's, it's insane. <laughs> you can't. You absolutely
2: can't. So listen, a beer, I've talked about this on the podcast, a beer that's near and dear to my heart, the Stella for Brandon Dubinsky. There's nothing wrong with that. Any beer is a good beer here. on the. We don't judge. We're the Garage Beer Podcast. We don't judge. Let's send it over to Nashville, Tennessee. Joey Whalen, what's what's up, Joe? What do you got for your Garage Beer of the Week?
1: Uh, I got Yazoo again because I bought a variety pack. So you might have another, <laughs> yeah. another couple of Yazoos coming the next couple of weeks. Uh, we just got there like straight up pale ale. Uh, it's pretty good. I, I poured it, and the foam finally went down. With, it's it's a pretty, uh, pretty heady beer. Um, so I'm glad to have gotten through all the foam, and the actual beer is pretty good.
2: All right. All right. Joe with the Yazoo, uh, second week in a row, they're gonna love us. Yazoo, if you want to send us a check for any uh, <laughs> marketing fees, that's cool with yeah. us. Uh, Chad over on the east side of Cleveland, Chad, what are you drinking tonight?
3: Uh, boys, have you ever had a beer where you can't even pronounce the brewery that it comes from?
2: <laughs> yes, that's
3: that's yeah. what I'm that's what I'm bringing that's what I'm bringing to the table tonight. Uh, it's from Iceland. It's like uh, Einstock. Einstock? Oh Einstock. yeah
1: sucks yeah.
3: great. This is a toasted porter. Uh, yeah. It, it's delicious. Yeah. It's it's it would be brewed with Icelandic coffee. And I hate the taste of regular coffee. I've said that on this podcast before. But uh, mixed with a beer, it's pretty good. Sounds a little heavy. How are you staying light <laughs> you know over what? there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's still it's still a little chilly. You know, we're not to summer beers yet. So uh, the summer body's Fair. coming here soon, Brandon. Fair. Summer Fair. body's coming.
2: <laughs> you know, an Icelandic beer, I need to go, before I go to my garage beer, I need to know Brandon Dubinsky's thought on this. You're not, you and I aren't very far off on age. Mighty Ducks 2, Iceland was the, like, powerhouse of the world. Mm-hmm. What the hell was that all about? When was <laughs> Iceland ever a powerhouse of the world in hockey? Honestly, it's amazing to ask this question because, you know, my boys
4: just are absolutely in love with all the, the Mighty Ducks movies. And so, I mean, I've watched him a thousand times recently and my, my, my oldest boy, he's seven. So like whenever the world junior came on and stuff like that, like he just loved watching um, all that stuff. And he always asked me like, dad, where's Iceland? Like, where's ice? Like, why are they not playing? Or like, or he'd be like, Hey dad, like when is the next junior Goodwill games? Because you know, that's the, the <laughs> tournament that they play." how do you explain to a seven-year-old that that doesn't really exist and that Iceland's not a team and Trinidad and Tobago's not a team I mean these I mean, they, I'm sure i take that back they they probably have teams but like playing against uh, you know the US in, in tournaments and stuff like that so hilariously asked that but it's uh, it's something that comes up in my house often that's for sure
2: <laughs> listen, son, listen, they were so, son you they should were so, know Gordon Bombay Legend. Legend.
3: Yeah. yeah. Listen, they were so embarrassed that they lost to the U.S. in the Goodwill Games. They just stopped playing hockey. <laughs> <laughs> they, just, they, oh. <laughs> they just stopped playing. You know, hey, well, Dad, where,
4: where, where's Gunnar Stahl playing these days? And uh, Gary <laughs> Sanderson.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Is there, Beer is there any
2: That's it. There's, Beer leagues. There's no more legendary moment than when the coach, you no. lost it for us, Gunnar. And he just looks at him and goes... You lost it for yourself
3: yeah. <laughs> let's go shake their
2: hands i love it all right so that brings me to me uh and i've got a lagunitas uh lagunitas hazy wonder it is it's good it's a hazy ipa it's really light actually it's very like kind of see-through uh but it's light easy drinking perfect for a podcast night perfect to talk a little hockey uh and those are our garage beers of the week so Uh, If you're listening, share with us your Garage Beer of the Week. Share with us. If you know any beers that we haven't had that you're dying to have on, uh, let us know. We'll go get them. We'll try them on the podcast. We'll call you out. But uh, uh, to you guys here on the podcast, cheers. To you, the listener, cheers. And now it's time for us to get into a little hockey talk again with our very, very special guest, Brandon Dubinsky. And, Brandon, there's, there's about a million things to talk about regarding you, regarding your career, regarding the Blue Jackets in the NHL. Uh, but before we get into hockey, then we've talked about this a little bit before we even went on, uh, just kind of fun stuff. Let people get to know you. You've talked about, uh, your love of travel. You make it well-known. You post about it. Uh, you said your love of traveling is your way to relax and recharge. Uh, so been anywhere good lately and, uh, where are your favorite, where are your favorite places to travel? Oh God, you know what? It's, I've been so
4: spoiled. Obviously, I've been everywhere for hockey. Um, Hockey's obviously afforded me the ability to take nice vacations, you know, in different, you know, crazy places and cool places and stuff like that. Um, I would have to say, you know, probably my favorite place to vacation is, is in Anguilla, uh, the Island and Caribbean, uh, just gorgeous, unbelievable. Um, you know, easygoing life, great food, great atmosphere, great beaches, uh, real relaxing, real nice. Um, I uh recently though um you know obviously with covid and stuff there you know there wasn't a whole lot so I sort of sort of you know as things have started opening up we've we've sort of you know done more stuff and I I came down here I'm living in Florida now so uh we recently went to to Disney probably not the most pandemic friendly place in the world <laughs> but uh you know we wore a mask and did our thing but uh took the kids for Disney for uh for spring break um, just came back from Charleston for a, uh, for a wedding from a, my, one of my buddies got married. It was another COVID wedding that got pushed back. So it was a Sunday wedding, spent a couple of days there. And, and now we're back here in Florida. So um, like you said, love traveling, but it's been nice to kind of uh, being down here in Florida, everything feels so close and, uh, and being able to go to some pretty cool places down here.
3: That's
2: awesome. And, yeah. and Willa, cool. Yeah, obviously that would be beautiful, but, uh, Joe and I actually a couple years ago. Charleston's a great town. What a what a fun time. What a great. I don't know how it was in the pandemic. Obviously, everything's different with that, but uh what a great city right on the ocean, South Carolina. It's great.
4: It was sweet. It was actually really sweet. We
2: we, we stayed
4: uh we actually stayed downtown one night and then out sort of like on the water, a place called Isle of the Palms. That's where the wedding was <laughs> and everything else. Um so that was nice, but downtown was amazing. I mean we 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 jumped in an Uber to for like a forty five minute drive and we had this guy who was like a naval historian. So we were literally getting the you know, a history lesson of Charleston, of the United States, and you know, I had no idea that the Revolutionary War started there and shit went back all the way to the sixteen hundreds there. It was crazy. So um what an experience. It was a good time. <laughs> Look
3: at that. Look at that. I just learned something. The only thing I know about Charleston is my wife watches Southern Charm on Bravo. And that's really it. That's really it. (laughs) Uh. But uh, so, I I, I mean, I kind of feel like I'm living that lifestyle when I'm watching it. But, you know, Uh, you're not. You're not. (laughs) (laughs) You mean I'm not friends with Shep? Come on. No. Uh, (laughs) uh, Anyway, uh, so, Brandon, you know, you're also a huge MMA fan. Like, I mean, I know it goes all the way back to like, UFC 1, 2, and 3, like your when they were like bare knuckle, no holds oh, yeah. barred, like – One boxing <laughs> glove? One boxing glove? Yeah. I thought that was a good yeah. idea? Yeah. <laughs> like, right. I'm going right. to fight with one
4: boxing glove on. You know, like, right. What an amazing idea. I'm going to punch this kind with padding on my hands.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Crazy. Yeah. What the hell, right? Uh, but, you know, I wanted to ask you about it. I mean, I know you were traveling, but did you get a chance to uh, – you know, see the A fight, you know, being in Cleveland, obviously, you know, he's a I Cleveland, did. you know, born and bred guy, you know, he's, he's a firefighter here. So he's, <laughs> so, so oh, he he's, um, he's, he's around all, all the time, but uh, you know, yeah. So you said you watched the fight, what, you know, what are your thoughts on it? And what are your thoughts on Stepe in general? Because I mean, you never know it might be his last fight.
4: Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, uh, well, first of all, obviously it's been talked about a lot, but I mean, greatest of all time, greatest heavyweight of all time. Uh, no doubt about it the trilogy with dc uh you know his first fight with francis you know the rest of it uh watch the fight uh you know I, I tweeted about it and he looked like he was just too little for the division i mean like it looked like like two mismatched human beings fighting i mean i, I mean that with all the respect in the world obviously he's one of the toughest son of the bitches ever I mean, and scary as hell. I mean, I would never want to run into him anywhere and make him mad. But, um, you know, 230 pounds, I know they talked a little bit about it, uh, how he was lighter for, you know, the, the last D.C. fight. But, I mean, there's just, you know, 30 pounds, 35-pound pound weight difference in that division, um, you know, and then taking shots like that. Uh, it was tough to watch. Obviously, I I, I picked Stepe. I wanted A to win um, the whole Ohio thing. Um you know, wanted him to continue his reign. And, um but, you know, we'll see. I mean, I, I like I said, as well, I think they got to run it back. I mean, you know, he, he, he gave DC a trilogy, like, you know, he won the first one Francis won the second. So if he wants it, you know, he should get it. I, you know, I don't, Really like this John Jones shit. Him jumping right in the middle of it. I'd rather, yeah, right. I'd rather see. I'd rather see him get a shot. I mean, if you call him the greatest of all time, treat him that way and give him a, give him a chance to get the belt back if that's what he wants. If he doesn't, hmm. um, you know. And then the last thing that I think, you know, and again, it's his life, and we all have our own lives, so we got to live it the way we want to live it. But you know, I don't. You know, he's talking about like getting getting shit up like the you know at the at the firehouse or whatnot. I'm like, dude you should be like in the gym training. Like you're making millions of dollars to be a fighter. I don't know why you're up, you know, like wait until you're done. Like that, that career still exists for you. Once you're done fighting, I mean, right. you're right. still right. like a super, right. you're still Superman when you're done fighting, like right. be in the gym and get ready for
3: one of the, well, right now, the scariest human beings in the world. Right. So right. I mean, you know, firefighters, firefighters, Man, only the gunners, firefighters every 72 hours. So Man. Well, yeah. <laughs> They
4: got like an octagon attached to his firehouse or something. Because like, <laughs> yeah. when yeah. he has he, pull he's they it. there they waiting pull for it with the truck, to turn up, like you know, he should be in the in the ring.
3: The Jimmy uh, trains Naga- at is a, is the, the Jimmy trains that is actually down the street from his firehouse. So <laughs> little little fun fact. So yeah,
2: why not? Maybe. I'm telling you, Francis Francis Naganu though is the craziest fighter I think I've ever seen. Like, I mean, <laughs> that, good, all he's got to do is land one haymaker. And it's over. And it's over. Yeah. But he's so beatable, too. It's like, that's why I want to see another A rematch, because he's yeah. beatable. You just got to stay out of the way of that fist, man. He lands one punch, and you are out. Yeah, he was patient, though. I mean, like, God, I wouldn't want to be getting
4: walked down by that monster. I mean, it was like, <laughs> no. I, I think I talked about it before. It's like, it was like, nervous watching and I'm like watching and watching one I'm like just getting ready for one of these guys' eyes roll in the back of their head because you know it wasn't going you know it wasn't going to distance he just said it was just a matter of time before somebody got popped and went on their
2: back and the rest was history with those big boys Alright so let's spend a second let's get off F- MMA let's get into some hockey but let's spend a second on you Let you know I'm, a lot of people know you Blue Jackets fan especially but let's spend a second on on just growing up a little bit you grew up in Anchorage which is hilarious. It feels like a totally different continent. It feels like a different country, a different continent. Anchorage, Alaska, maybe it's because a country separates us. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just describe growing up in Anchorage uh, and, uh, and what the best part was about growing up in Alaska.
4: Yeah, I mean, it was great. Childhood was great. Um, you know, my dad got me into hockey real, real young, got on skates. Um, you know, it's exactly what you, you, know, you hear about all the time. Every hockey player says it. I'm not sure how many hockey players have actually done it, but you know, we were skating outside, you know, uh, every I can't say we were skating the pond or the river like Stevie Weeks up there, you know, in the mystery Alaska, but <laughs>
1: yeah. every school yeah.
4: you know, every school had a rink. Um, you know, and then there was a bunch of public outdoor rinks and stuff. So we skated a lot outside. Um I, you know, just a great childhood. Played, you know, obviously played all my minor hockey there up until I was 15, 16 years old, um, and you know had some really good coaches and, and really good players to play around and stuff like that. So, uh, growing up in in Alaska was a lot of fun. It wasn't until later in life when, uh, you know, it was during the 12-13 lockout when, uh, you know, my wife and I we just got married. We went back up there for um, uh, for the lockout and I played for the Alaska Aces when I realized like how crazy it was, you know, in the winter in Alaska, like, first of all, how cold it was, how much snow there was and you know, how dark it was. I mean, and how depressing it actually was. Like, I love Alaska, all my Alaska friends and people listening, like, I love it. But like the winters are just crazy, but you know, growing up there, you didn't know any better. I mean, that's just the way it was. So uh, for me to leave and then come back, uh you know 2012 i guess that would have been you know 10 years after i left 11 years after i left um it was uh it was really eye opening what you know what alaska was all about but um it was an amazing place to grow up in and and we'll always have you know love alaska
3: so what was that experience like you know going back you know to you know 12 13 you know you said you know hey big city screw you i'm going back home and i'm gonna play for for the aces like what was that i mean did you get was there a huge just welcome home party what was that whole experience playing for them like it was it was like
4: epic actually it was kind of like a high (laughs) school reunion in a way (laughs) as crazy as that sounds i mean a lot of people like when when they grow up in alaska like they love alaska they never leave alaska like it's it's like a lot of, you know, a lot of my buddies and stuff, like, they're lifers in Alaska. And, uh, you know, so going home, I got to, like, reconnect with a bunch of people. The You know, one of the my best friends in high school was my roommate on the road, you know, playing in the East Coast League because everyone has roommates, you know, in, in that league. So uh, he was my roommate on the road. It was pretty, you know, we we reconnected, you know, had a lot of fun. Um, and, and really, the reason I did it was because of Scott Gomez. Like, he was kind of our role model growing up and, you know, obviously, a uh you know an amazing uh, player with an amazing career at the nhl and he went back and did it like in the 0405 lockout and like really set the tone for all the rest of us so uh ended up being four of us that played in the nhl like going back and playing in that 1213 season had a blast together it was 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 just awesome and
2: uh we you know we were pretty good too so it, that made it a lot more fun too <laughs> yeah so Chad kind of mentioned it. You mentioned it. you Chad mentioned leaving the big city, going back to Alaska, but uh, you know, you grew up in Alaska. You weren't like stuck in Alaska. You played in the Pacific Northwest a bit, but when it came time for the NHL draft, you get drafted uh, in the second round by the New York Rangers. Uh, And so, you know, what a crazy experience. First of all, obviously what was that moment like for you? When you hear your name, you get drafted by the Rangers and then, the realization that you're going from a childhood in Anchorage, Alaska to play at Madison square garden, New York city, the New York Rangers. What was that whole thing like for you?
4: Well, first of all, I'm not sure if you guys know this, but you know, uh, I've shared it before. So my dad grew up in New York. He grew up in the Bronx and then long Island. Uh, So he was a lifelong Rangers fan since early sixties. So like, when I got drafted by the Rangers and I knew like going into a thing, like I, I had some pretty good meetings. Actually, Columbus was one of my great meetings. Like I thought that I had a chance of getting drafted by Columbus. And I think they picked right before the Rangers picked when I got drafted. I said, I, you know, I just kind of tell my dad, I was like, you know, I might go here. And, you know, they ended up picking a guy named Kyle Wharton from uh, the Ontario league. And the next pick was the Rangers and it ended up happening. And like in that moment, this is like my favorite team growing up as a child because it was my dad's favorite team. And I'm from Alaska. We don't have a team. Uh, so it was un- like, it was the craziest, like feeling in the world. And I think my dad was more excited than I was. So I don't, you know, that <laughs> was even more crazy. Um, but moving on to like actually going there, I had a couple minor stepping stones along the way, coming from a small Anchorage, Alaska, you know, I went to Portland, I spent a year in Hartford in the American league, and then ended up playing in New York, but, um, it was, you know, definitely a wild whirlwind for sure. I mean, being a young kid in, in Manhattan is, is crazy. And I'm just happy that I had, uh, you know, great teammates and, and people around me and surrounding me to, you know, look after me, take care of me and, um, you know, uh, keep me on the, keep me on the right path and, and doing
2: the right things. It's an easy place to stray, isn't it? <laughs>
4: Yeah. I mean so, if you I mean if you want to do something every single night you you can until just about any hour of the night so um, oh god it's crazy <laughs> it's it's a wild place
2: we've talked to a lot of athletes a lot of broadcasters throughout this whole <laughs> we're the goofballs who decided to start a pande- or a, a podcast right in the middle of a pandemic or right at the beginning of one uh, but we've talked to a lot of athletes a lot of broadcasters about the lack of travel what they miss all that stuff And it's funny within the hockey community and within the basketball community, uh, the overwhelming consensus is the place they miss the most is New York city, Madison square garden. So, you know, you're this kid that gets drafted. You moved to New York, you're playing for the Rangers. Do you remember that first time skating out on the ice as a rookie Madison square garden? Like what's that experience like for you? Is it, is it overwhelming? Yeah. I mean, it's just numbing
4: at the end. I mean, uh, there's really no other words to describe it. Like it's, I don't know. Like, you have, like, there's a little bit of, like, being naive, too. Like, looking back, it kind of, uh, you know, it, it, you know, is a little bit heavier of a weight. But, like, I guess, like, when you're 20, like, you're just so full of piss and vinegar. Like, you just want to go out there and, like, kill the world and kill everyone (laughs) and, like, conquer the world. So, like, I don't even know if you appreciate it then. Like, you're definitely nervous, but at the same time, you're like, I got to go and show everyone I'm the best player in the world, even though there's, Uh, probably a lot more better you know a lot better players (laughs) in the world but I just have that attitude like uh, you know I can do nobody can touch me
2: Um, I love that you said the thing about being 20 because you're like I can just do that now you know a lot of us are sitting here in our mid-30s and like I think I'm like I need a nap and then I need another nap and then I can conquer the world like then I'm good
3: yeah I need a nap from my other naps. Yeah. Well, it's kind of, <laughs> it's kind
2: of like this
4: podcast. I mean, I, I mean, it, it might sound crazy, but I'd be in bed by now. Like, believe me. Like, it's dark in my house. My kids they're, I find they are go when they go down, I go down. I mean, I oh, might man. watch. I mean, yeah. I might watch TV for a little while, or like you know, hang out on my phone for a bit or something, turn a game on or whatever. But like. And like, I'm a, I'm a, like a TV watcher in bed. So like, I know some people are like no TVs in the bedrooms, you know, like I don't want right. to ruin, ruin my REM sleep or anything like that. No, I mean, right. Like, right. I'll go straight to bed. <laughs> even if it's a couple hours, like I'm like, kids are down, I'm going down. Like I'm getting horizontal. I'm getting comfortable. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn <laughs> yeah. the tube on and just hang out. So you guys are hey, keeping me up about- a little
2: bit late right now.
4: <laughs> oh
3: man. I I feel bad.
2: <laughs> no. I don't yeah, feel bad. Yeah. I just appreciate you. We appreciate yeah, no, you I, staying I, up I, past I, your bedtime.
3: Yeah. Yeah, appreciate that big time, man. All right, so hey, listen. Now, you had some crazy, no, oh, it's like got to pick up. Uh, now you had some crazy interesting times in New York. And one of them was somehow you found yourself on a line uh, with Yarmir Yager and Sean Fucking Avery <laughs> <laughs> at the time. Um, you know, you found a lot of success early on in your career, but I mean, that had to have been pretty wild to find yourself, you know, with a legend, <laughs> a legend, and then Yager and Avery beside you. Like, what was what was that like?
4: There's only like one story to describe it all. I was down uh we're down in we're down in Tampa, or either Tampa or playing Florida, and like we finish a meeting, uh and Yags comes up to me and he's like, No, we're not doing that. We're gonna do this. And then like Aves comes up to me and is like, Don't fucking listen to Yags, like we're doing this. And then like <laughs> Then Tom Rennie comes up to me I, I swear to God he comes right up to me and he grabs me and pulls me aside. He's like he's like you're you know you're, you're a rookie or second or, yeah I was I was actually it was my first full season in NHL. so I was a rookie. He's like, you're a rookie, I'm the coach. you gotta respect me. you're not listening to either one of those guys. you're listening to me." And so like I'm like, <laughs> okay, so I like, got you' telling me to listen to him. Ace told me to listen to him, and then Tom Reddy told me to listen to him, and I went, I went, uh, I went back to the hotel that day. Uh, for my nap, you know, my meal, my nap, the whole rest of it, and I made the decision. I was like, "All right, I'm listening to Yager because if there's one guy that's going to put me on the ice, <laughs> if he loves me and he's going to put me on the ice every time, I'm listening to Yag. No disrespect to the head coach, but that was the guy that was going to decide whether or not I was going to. A play, B play on the power play, and C get the points that I wanted because he was one of the the greatest players in the world.
3: (laughs) Right, right, and of course you got Aves always just stirring the pot for no reason. You know, right in the ear. (laughs) 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 Yeah.
2: Oh shit. He's the devil on your one shoulder, just whispering in your ear.
4: Always, always. But uh, you know, I loved Sean. I loved playing with Sean. He was, he was a, he was a riot, man. He was,
2: he was a riot. So I, I, I don't bring this up as a bad memory, but it's just fascinating to listen to athletes talk about this stuff. Your last season in New York was the best one for the team, right? Your yeah. best season in New York, the team's best season. You're the top-seeded team in the playoffs. You have a phenomenal uh, regular season uh, before you fall to the New Jersey Devils. you got a great team, right? you got Ryan Callahan, Brad Richards, Mark Stahl, Lundqvist, obviously, Uh, and so many, like, if you look at that roster, it's just like, boom, 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 boom. Just good player after good player after good player. Uh, as you're going through a year like that, are you feeling like this is, I mean, the New York Rangers are winning the Stanley cup. Like we got this. And then when you lose to New Jersey, just what is, what's that feeling for you guys at the end of that?
4: Yeah. I mean, listen, like we, we, we had such a good season, such a good team. Like you said, um, yeah, it felt like we. I mean, I don't know about win, like. Listen, L.A. That was the year L.A. won the cup. They beat the Devils, and like I think they lost one game in the playoffs or like two. Like it was insane. Like they went like bananas from like I think they were an eight seed and they went like like bananas. But I mean, I, I don't know. Like if like Marty Berger just had like a renaissance or something like that. Like it was it was insane. <laughs> like I was I thought like there was no doubt we were going to beat the Devils. We had beat them all year long. Uh, you know, and they ended up taking us out in six games. Um, definitely was was hard to hard to you know take and and figure out. But I think the whole thing of it too was the fact that like you know there was there was times when I was you know linked up with 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 Nasher and the trade, and then you know there was a you know just Glenn Sader pulled me in the laundry room. He's like, I'm not fucking trading you. So just get out of your head, like, you know, and then all these like moments passed. Um, So I thought, okay, we're going to get a chance to run it back with this team. Then all of a sudden the trade happened, but um, yeah, I definitely felt like that was, we had a pretty, pretty good opportunity with the team we had to, to win it all. Um, So it was a bit of a tough pill to swallow at first when I, when I did find out, find out I was getting traded.
2: Brennan, you bring up an awesome question that you, you know, the average person doesn't get to ask a pro athlete or really an, any athlete on, an, on a regular basis. But I think it's a, a, something that people should hear. We just experienced it uh, up here in Ohio, Cle- or, uh, not Cleveland State, Ohio State, lost in the tournament, right? And one of their basketball players is getting these crazy death threats online and, like, people are saying awful things. Uh, you are now being linked in this trade to Columbus for Nash, and that's happening for a while but like you're a human being, right? Like you're a guy, you, 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 you are just a normal human being off, off the rink. We're used to seeing you on TV, buying your Jersey, all that stuff. You're just a normal guy. What kind of effect does that, does that on any player? Yeah, it's just tough. I mean, like it was, it was like,
4: yeah, I mean like basically it was, I had my best season ever the year before. You know, and then I came into the season. I wasn't playing bad. I just, like, I was having trouble finding my scoring. Like, I was having trouble finding that. Things just weren't working. The, you know, I, I was almost like you hear it all the time. Like, people are trying too hard. Like, they're just too in their mind. They're, they're, they they want to do it so bad. They're, like, you know, kind of getting there in their own way. Um, so on and so forth. Um, yeah, so to hear that stuff, it was it was tough, especially after, you know, the, the previous year and the previous years that I had given the Rangers to – to be a part of that, obviously, I was like, no, I mean, like, listen, like, the Rangers sucked when I got drafted. I mean, they missed the playoffs, <laughs> I don't know how long. And so, to get to a point where we were good, um, you know, I didn't want to get traded, and especially, all due respect, I mean, it's just going to be the home for the rest of my life, but to the shittiest team in the league in Columbus, I mean, I didn't want that, so, um, yeah, it definitely weighs on you a little bit, but... You know, at the end of the day, um, you just got to roll with the punches. Business is business.
3: Yeah. Yeah, and then you mentioned the Jackets, and, and like, you, you know, you finally make your make your debut after the trade with the Jackets, and, like, almost immediately the winnings started. And then up until last year, uh, you were a part of every single playoff appearance that, that the Jackets made. What was it like watch, for you watching that transformation?
4: yeah it was it was amazing i mean listen like you know those were all the emotions that i had you know uh being in new york and playing in new york but once i got to columbus um you know i was like all right what's done is done i gotta you know try and be the best player for the jackets now and mm-hmm. you know i'm not i'm not the type I'm you know i'm a different type of personality i don't i'm not going to go into a locker room and accept uh you know losing hockey and and last place in the league and, and the rest of it that sort of came with it and I know that's not, a, that's not one man to change. I'm not saying I'm not going to sit here and say, like, I came in and saved the world or anything. Obviously, we, we, we all know that wasn't the case. But, you know, Scott Housen, I think, made, you know, a lot of great moves. I mean, he brought in Bob. He brought in uh, Fliggy, who's, uh, you know, obviously, you know, still the captain today. Um, you know, he, they made a bunch of, you know, really good moves and brought in, I think, some really good people. Um, you know, already at the same time, uh, and, and off. I know he's been, you know, kind of long gone at, uh, by now, but, um, you know, he had had some success obviously in New York with, with me and with us. And, um, you know, so we brought some really good pieces to Columbus and I knew that we had a good team and even coming to Columbus, it was just like, it was just kind of like this weird, like mindset or this bad attitude. I don't know what it was because they had some like amazing, you know, people and players and guys and guys that had come from. Other places that had won before and whatnot. It was just about, I guess, maybe putting a good group of people together and 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 just trusting each other and and actually wanting to play hard for each other. Maybe that was kind of what they were missing in Columbus before, beforehand. But um, it was it was pretty special coming into Columbus. And obviously, we we lost in the tiebreaker, you know, the lockout year, um, which was tough because we beat Nashville last game and we're all sitting there around you know, we're watching Minnesota win that game. And then we know we knew that the regulation wins on us or whatever, but, um, you know, I think it kind of just was a bit of a stepping stone to let us know like, Hey guys, like, you know, we're, we're a good team in here. And if we, you know, play the right way and stick together, you know, we can, you know, have some success. So um, that was a
2: good step for us. So what is it? We have spent a lot of time this past year on this podcast, Talking to former Buckeyes football players, basketball players, and 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 former Blue Jackets, current Blue Jackets. We've had Felino on this podcast. Uh, former Jackets, uh, obviously Jody and 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 Jean Luc are on the broadcast team. Uh, really, the <laughs> the only person we have talked to this year that played for one of these Columbus teams, whether it's Ohio State or whether it's the Blue Jackets, that doesn't live in Columbus anymore is Ron Tugnut. <laughs> <laughs> Ron Tugnut's the only guy that fled town on his motorcycle, on his Blue Jackets-themed motorcycle, on his Harley, and fled back up to Canada. You you made the comment, this is going to be my home. This is where I live. W- what is it about Columbus? Why does everybody stays there? What is it about Columbus? Jeez, uh, I mean, it's tough to, tough to figure out where to
4: start. I mean, like, honestly, it's it's – you know, I came down there, uh, obviously, I, I had my first boy there, but I didn't have any kids when I got there. So I lived downtown, um, you know, I got to experience a short north. I think it's obviously growing, it's fun. It's, you know, it's a it's a cool place to be. I mean, if you're a young person, it's a cool place to be. You obviously have campus just a little bit further away from that. So as a young person, you have all those type of things. Um, you know, once you, you know, decide to have kids and, and you get a little bit older and you want to, sort of venture out and, and live the, the suburb life, so to speak. I mean, you just got so many great places to live like Upper Arlington, Dublin, New Albany, I mean, like the Hilliard, I mean, wherever, like Powell, Hilliard, like he, like. there's not a really a bad place, you know, to live, I don't think in Columbus. <clears throat> and um, I'm just, I think just living there um, and playing there, you get to know so many people, all the people are amazing Um, you start building and forming these relationships and and friendships with, you know, families and, and, and different people from all over the place. And, um, you know, it's just easy going. They're, They're just great. They're just good people. Like it's, there's no like fluff. There's no frills. There's no bullshit. Like they're just good people that like to have a good time and like, you know, just enjoy whatever it is, golfing, hunting, you know, living just, it's, so I think that's what is sort of endeared me to Columbus is just like good, honest, hardworking people that, that love sports and, and generally love having a good time and are generally good people. Um, and obviously it, you know, it helps all the rest of it. I mean, living in a nice suburb with, you know, a beautiful golf course and, and, you know, great, great school system and all that stuff. I mean, what's not to love about Columbus? I mean, that, that was the question that I would pose to, uh, all the athletes and the free agents out there is like, guys, like, trust me, I, I played in, in, you know, in the big city. Um, what's not to love about this place?
3: Yeah. All right, man. Well, let's go back to the team a little bit. Uh, you know, just when you thought you could get away from torts, he gets hired. <laughs> in Columbus, And uh, you, you know, and we we would be remiss if we didn't ask you about your relationship with him you know obviously you know you know being in new york you know you you've you've been with him for so many years how did his did his demeanor did his coaching style how did he change from uh the rangers to the jackets if at all
4: <laughs> yeah no i mean listen i i think he changed some i mean it's it's like he was a successful guy before he came to columbus i mean so there's always so much you want to ch- change when you've had, you know, the type of success he's had in his career. I mean, his stats speak for themselves, obviously um, you know, his, his coaching record speaks for itself. Um, but I think, you know, he became a guy that, that learned a little bit, like, you know, he always pushes guys, but like, I feel like there was times in New York and, and places where he would sort of maybe cross the line a little bit, you know, maybe if he didn't cross it, he'd be real close to like, you know, uh, you know, with a player. I think when he came to Columbus, he completely changed that and just, um, you know, like in New York, he would, you know, he would sort of embarrass players sometimes like we would have video sessions. He would just call somebody out. He'd sort of embarrass players. He would, you know, ridicule some players, you know, in front of his teammates and whatnot and then sort of be a little bit of of a bully so to speak, which, you know, I don't want to sound like I'm, you know, saying anything bad, but I think when he came to Columbus, um, you know, he kind of got, he, he kind of, you know, figured like that wasn't, you know, the best way to go about things. Um, You know, he started asking, you know, he was never, it's not that he never demanded like less of his players. He just went about it in a different way, whether it was maybe more of a private setting or maybe of a, sort of an empty threat setting where it's like listen guys like you know in new york we used to like have these video sessions where he would like you know put guys on there like you know doing the flamingo and not blocking shots or whatever getting out of the way of shots Oh, jeez. yeah like and there's like nothing worse than like getting out of the way in columbus he'd be like guys like listen we need to block more shots i don't want to i don't want to pull the tape up of, of guys getting out of the way of shock, you know? <laughs> okay. Uh, like there was a, that, you know, so I think that sort of epitomizes the whole thing. Like used should just do it. And then I think, you know, he was just a lot more calculated when he was in Columbus, that he was never any less demanding of those of guys. Um, he always demanded the same uh, level of play and respect, but um, you know, I think he was just more mindful of the way that he went about doing it. Um, and I think he was just uh, generally, uh, a lot more respectful
2: uh, guy and coach, um, you know, in Columbus okay. and with that group. I don't know. Yeah, that the
3: there's, major, you, you, I'll go ahead.
2: Sorry. I, I don't know that there's anybody that has uh, a better connection or more experience with Torts. and I'm, listen, there's, there's stuff flying right now about the blue jackets. There's, there's all kinds of rumors and about players and coaches and all that. We're not going to really get into that, but the, the, the perception from a guy like me, who's never been in the locker room. uh, What it looks like is torts can be kind of hard up front. Like for new guys coming into the team, torts can be a hard one to get a read on, or he can be a hard one to like, you talk to these guys, like we had Felino on and now you, and like it feels like the guys that have been with torts for a while that buy into a system, love playing with torts, love being on his team and all that. It feels like he can be a little challenging when you're just stepping in, whether you're a veteran or new. So like as a veteran on that team, as the leader on that team, uh, do you, how do you like prepare new guys coming in for the new system and how it's going to be?
4: Yeah. I mean, right or wrong, like, you know, he's the type of guy that wants to set the tone right away. You know, like I'm in charge I'm the boss, like, and we're going to play this way. Like no matter how you played before or who you played for or what you did before, how much money you make or whatever else, like, this is the way that my teams play. And so you're either going to be a part of it or you're not going to be a part of it. And that's going to be sort of like up to you. So, I mean, like for me as like a leader in that locker room, you know, I'd pull a guy aside and say like, and you know, I've done this even though I haven't been there. Um, You know, Jack Roselvick and I used to train together. Uh, You know, he's a good, he's a good friend of mine, obviously 10 years younger than me, but um, he's a (laughs) who who to be around. Uh, You know, we play golf. Like I said, we trained my last few years together when he got traded, like I, I couldn't be more happy for him because I knew the opportunity. And like, I picked up the phone and called him and said like, listen, here's like just a few things that you just got to do. And, and then, and you're going to be fine. Like, you know, you have the abilities, like, you know, you have the, the, sh- you know, the the shooting, the passing, the skating, you know, you have all these, you know, abilities and talents. You, you need to go in there and like play hard. Like you need to go in there. You need to be physical, You need to be willing to block shots. You need to like, you know, grind, dig in, like play hard in the corners, win battles along the walls, you know, win battles along the blue lines. If you do that, like this guy will love you. He'll play the shit out of you, and you know you'll like, you know, your career will go, you know, you know, straight up. So, um, you know, that's the message I said that to him, even though I'm not in the dressing room, and that would be the same message that I would give to any new guy coming in. Is like, if you just do these few things, like he doesn't ask the world of you. He's never like, listen, I need you to score 35 from this year, even though the team might need them to f- score 35 or not him. Somebody yes. else saying, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he's never going to say like, you need to do this. It's just always about like tangible things that you can control. And so that's what he's always, um, you know, preached, you know, for guys. And that's what I would tell guys um, that would come the play for
2: him. So my next question, because it just fits in with this. And again, uh, I don't mean to bring up anything that isn't the most fond memory in the world because we're having a great time talking with you, but like, again, one of the things that happened in your time with the blue jackets is that you were always the, the alternate captain. Uh, well, not always, but in 2015, you were named the alternate captain that got taken away. What does that, what does that mean to you as a player, and is that done by a coach in you know, a motivating, like did torts do that to motivate you? Cause it was basically kind of a slow start to a season and, and essentially that got taken away. And does that work? Does that motivate you? Yeah. I mean,
4: I, listen, I don't know. Uh, you know, it, it was, <laughs> it was, you know, it just was one of those things. It was what it was. Um, you know, I think there was a little bit more that met than than that met the eye there in that in that scenario. Um, you know, it's just it's just one of those those things that is you know, the decision. I don't want to sound diplomatic here, but it's just one of those things that's a decision that the team makes and and uh, and the coaching staff makes, and um, you know, it stays in the locker room. And it's you know, obviously, I wasn't uh, that excited about it, but uh, you know a letter never defined me as a player. Um, I would never, you know, I never did to be before that and never did really after that. Um, So again, it's just one of those things that I guess really until you just ask that question, I haven't really given much thought about. So um, yeah, in the moment it hurts for sure. Uh, Obviously it it sucks. I'm not sure it motivated me to play any harder or, 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 you know, do anything different on the ice, but um, you know, shit happens. Should happens, uh, you know, in life, at work, at home, wherever else, you know. All the we time. We learn from it, we live, <laughs> and we move
2: on. So, um, yeah. I don't know if that answered your question or not, but. It did. Listen, I wasn't, it, it wasn't <laughs> looking for some crazy in-depth thing. And, and, and like I said, uh, uh, I, 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 it, it's just from a fan's perspective what does that mean? You know, it's like, what does that mean? Does that mean something? Is that, is it frustrating? Is it not frustrating? Uh, but no, I think you answered the question perfectly. Chad, no. I think you had some. No,
3: no, 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 no. Yeah. Yeah. You were up next buddy.
2: <laughs> oh, well, all right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. so one of my favorites, one of my favorite things that we've done, we, we talked to uh, blue jackets broadcaster, Jody Shelley, uh, and, and he was a blast with us on the show. Uh, one of the one of the league's great enforcers, though. Like Jody Shelley, penalty monster, right? Oh. That dude spent more time in the box than almost anybody. Uh, but one thing we talked about, aside from the fact that guys on on the podcast here, we did talk to Jody about getting an enforcers like a uh, support group going, and I think we need to do that. Uh but one of the <laughs> things we talked about was kind of the the disappearance. Well, or, or like a reunion, like a of con- like
3: like like a convention, so we could just hear all the stories. Like an enforces yes. convention, so we could hear all the stories. I like a support group. Like, hi, my name's Jody. and I punch <laughs> yeah. a lot of people in the face.
2: Enforces anonymous. Face. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm just looking for the right word. It doesn't always oh, happen. Oh, Joey, Joey, good to hear from you. I didn't know <laughs> <word>. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I do oh, uh, I work my way in and out. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like,
2: <laughs> He's a Predators fan, so. We well, deal you with know. It. Uh, yeah. okay, uh, one of the things we talked about was the disappearance of that enforcer role, right? It, it, there's a couple of them, but like, it's not like it was. Uh, but the enforcer kind of gave way to this new style of player, this new role. And it's one that you kind of became pretty well known for. And, and there's a lack of a better term. This has meant as endearing as possible, Brandon. <laughs> it's an endearing term. I promise you, I am not insulting you on this podcast, but it's like the past. It's it's oh what a dick.
3: Oh, I am a such
2: dick. a dick. Ah, sorry. Uh yeah. it, it's 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 like it's funny because we talked to Jody and he was like, listen, I wasn't great at all these skill things, but I found my niche and, and I could just enforce out there, and that's what I was good at. Now you've got these guys like yourself that is an extremely skilled player. You're fast. You've got the handles. You can shoot. Like, you've got all these things, but you are also an expert at pissing people off. Like, you pissed people off with the best of them. Uh, and is that, is that a role that you, like, mentally kind of took on? Is it natural? Because you were so good at it that you got guys to drop the, glove, to drop the gloves that never did. Like one of the highlights of your career had to be at the time you got Sidney Crosby to drop the gloves, right? Like he never does that, and you got him to fight. Like, what, what did you have to kind of take that mentality on? Yeah, hey, I got Ovechkin too before
4: that, so I might be the only guy. Well, who he'll drop the those gloves. Guys on the Listen, <laughs> yeah.
3: that was my ne- that was my next question. That was my next question, dude. Because but Ovi, no. you and seemed like seemed, seemed like you and Ovi went after. I mean, I know Ovi's a sauce crosser yeah. in pregame meal. <laughs> <laughs> Like, like that, that would piss a- me off in general <laughs> <laughs> uh
4: I mean listen i i think I think the whole like uh like past role or whatever you want to call it like that was just that that started like way back in juniors I mean that started like when I was still playing in Portland that was just like me you know feeling like I was like underappreciated or like under respected in the league. Like I was like, you know, I think I'm actually fucking better than you guys. And like, <laughs> no, and I, I don't know if you guys all feel that way, but like, if you don't, like, I'm going to let you know about it. And, and so it started back then. I carried on into into the NHL and uh, you know, I just it felt like it was just a part of my game that I needed to have, you know, you, listen, I was never a, like a guy that could go out there and score 30, 40, 50 goals. Like I, I, I was never going to be a guy that was going to score 70, 80 or 90 or hundred points, you know, but like I felt like if I brought enough to the table, like I would build a, a, you know, a pretty special career for myself and obviously, you know, be paid for it. You know, at the end of the day, like I wanted to make money. Listen, I, I was like, listen, I want to take as much as I possibly can when I can take it. Right. Um, so if I whatever I can bring to the table that I can control, whether it was like getting under Crosby's skin or getting under any of the other top player skins, um, you know, chipping in, uh, blocking shots on the penalty kill, winning face-offs, uh, you know, scoring big goals, whatever it was, like, that's what I was all about. Like, I just, I knew that I didn't have one skill set that was like so superior, you know, to anybody else, like some of these guys, like, you know, Ovechkin's the greatest goal scorer of all time. Not saying that he doesn't have other things, which makes him, you know, a special hall of famer or once, you know, a generational type of guy, but like, you know, he's just a goal scorer. Like there's other guys that are just like, you know, passers. There's, you know, there's guys that kind of have these, you know, sort sort of, um, they fall into these roles of offensive or defensive or whatever it is. You're talking about enforcer or whatnot. I just wanted to have like, you know, all these different tools and, you know, one of the tools that I had was just like, you know, I, I played enough that I was able to play against top players and, and coaches felt comfortable playing me against the top players. And like those guys wanted to go on the ice and like throw sauce around and like, you know, not get hit and, and try and score and feel like, you know, they're being, you know, they had to be like on a, put on a pedestal and like super respected and everything else. And like, I was like, listen guys, you're on <laughs> the same ice as I am. And like, I'm going to slash you in the back of the legs or I'm going to cup check you. I'm like, you know, (laughs) I'm going to talk shit to you. Like, I'm not going to cross the line. I'm not going to say anything that's like, you know, that I, that I shouldn't be saying or that, you know, my mom would, you know, I wouldn't want my mom to hear, but, um, (laughs) you know, there are some things that are off sides, but i mean, like, it was just the way it was. Uh, So no, I definitely, um, I feel like, you know, looking back on my career, that's like one of the things that, Uh, you know, sort of got away from me my last couple of years was, was being that guy. I don't know if it was like, I felt like I was just like, you know, an old guy. And like, you know, I was, but I look back on my last couple of years and I'm like, I, I kind of got away from that role a little bit. And that was what always helped make me one of you know, be the best version of myself and be as successful as I was, you know, in my career. So um, if that's one thing that I can, you know, look back on is I wish I would have, you know, kept up with that a little bit a little bit more in my last couple of years.
3: Now I want to elaborate on the Ovi thing for a while, because I remember, <laughs> I know you got under a lot of people's skin and like, you, I mean, I now, but like, I remember that in particular, because it seems like every single game you two played each other, you, you were able to just get after it with him. And like I said, I, I've heard he's a sauce crosser in pregame meal. Like that would piss me off in general. Uh, but like, I, I don't know. Did you guys have like a mutual respect for each other? At all, or was it just like general hatred? Like, where is that like any kind of relationship with Ovi? Like, no, or or like we, was it just no. was it was it just you going after that top player?
4: No, we did. I mean, we we met outside, uh you know, all, you know, off the ice a, a few times. Um, You know, hung out a few times, and like, I just I was like, he played like, I kind of talked about him in a goal scoring role, but again, like, and I'll I'll go back to it. Like, he's one of the greatest of all time because he he does everything good, but like, you know. I hung out with him, you know, a few times off the ice. He was a great guy, but he always played the right way. Like he played hard. Like he, he would look to like hit me as much as I would look to hit him. You know? So like for me, you know, I was like, dude, no better way to do things than like try and get this guy off the ice or get this guy worried about trying to hit me because I'm going to try and rock him. So, um, you know, we had that, that, that sort of thing going, but if I could keep his mind off shooting the puck, uh, you know, I felt like that w- that was a win. Um, at the end of the day, listen, I, I had the most respect for that guy. Uh, yeah. You know, everyone who wants to talk about Sid and Ovi, whatever, dude, fuck Ovi, or fuck Sid. Like, I'll take Ovi every day of the week. <laughs> like, I got an Ovi yes. stick. I mean, I got an Son Ovi stick. Up. Listen, I asked, I asked Ovi for for an autograph stick. I got, you know, I got it from him. Thanked him for it. I would never ask said for a stick ever. Oh,
2: Damn.
3: <laughs> Damn it. Oh, shit.
2: Jeez. I love it. Uh, you know, you brought up a, another good point there, though. And again, there's just it, it's refreshing to talk to people on this level that do what you did, because you're sitting here at 34 years old. And we'll talk to you about career stuff in just a minute. But like, you don't know how long you have to play these games. So finding a niche that's going to get you a contract. That's going to get you a deal. Like, you know, the average Joe might not make the kind of money that pro athletes make, but you also can work until you're 65 years old in your career and be okay. Cause there isn't just an imminent threat of a puck bearing down your throat or like a guy bashing your face in. Uh, And, (laughs) and, and I think that's a, I think it's a great point. And again, I, I think sometimes people just lose such track of the, the humanity of pro sports. Like if I'm lucky, not everybody's Yarmil Yarmir fucking Yager that can play until they're fifty nine years old, and <laughs> and like at a high level, like not everybody can do that. You gotta you gotta do it while you can. Uh, in the meantime, and again, we'll talk future in a minute because this might have something to do with it. But Joe over here has got some audio of one of your other career highlights, and it's not necessarily hockey related, uh, but we certainly have a, a question or two about this extreme highlight as soon as he plays this clip
0: jewelry needs you're guaranteed to score big at Myers jewelers you also have the most talented salespeople on our team to
4: make sure you always walk away a winner but our team just got bigger I'm Brandon
3: and and we're thrilled to add Myers Jewelers as the official jeweler of the Columbus
2: Blue Jackets guys I've been on the ice all over the world but that's the finest ice I've ever seen <laughs> visit us on Stringtown Road and experience Myers Jewelers
3: oh oh in the unison. finest ice in unison, anybody has ever seen that was some good
4: looking ice first of all I'll tell you what Myers Jewelers is the place to go to buy jewelry everybody in Columbus <laughs> <laughs> hey.
2: Hey, hey, hey! No free ads. No free ads. No free ads. <laughs> hey, everything's
4: free. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but I'm not kidding about buying the jewelry at Meyer's Jewelers. But listen, uh, that was a lot. Of, listen, that was that was a lot of fun. And actually, with those guys, with with uh, you know Scott Jeff and and Meyer before before he passed away, like we had we had a lot of fun with those guys. And believe it or not, I'm down here in Florida now. And I'm going to go and, and, and see uh, Ski Scotts, uh, Weissman on Friday um, and hang out with him. So um, that, was, that was always a good fun, the, the ads and stuff like that. But those people became, <laughs> you know, good friends, too. So I'm always going to give them the shout out, too.
2: And you know what? We gave them the shout out. If you're in the area and you need something from Myers, go to them. Uh, but uh, I, I think Hollywood could, could, could come calling. Uh, Brandon, I think, you know, you really sold me on the ice and I never even saw it. I'm just I think we're talking about diamonds here and not anything else. It is diamonds. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> All right, good. I can yeah, confirm yeah, right. that. It's,
2: it's it's
4: a lot easier to uh sit here and and bullshit with you guys than it is to like stand in front of a camera and like
2: oh, I'm sure re- you know, right. read the yeah.
4: teleprompter. Like this is like much easier.
1: Oh, it was flawless. Uh, that I, was one I of can't... the best, the best uh, player cameos I think I've seen in a commercial.
2: I don't know. I I think I think that tops Felino's favorites for sure. Like oh, yeah. that, a hundred percent tops Felino's favorites.
4: Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, would you be rather? Would you rather be doing ads for like sick watches and diamond necklaces and stuff, or like <laughs> sausage pizza? I mean, pizza <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, obviously. Fine. Right. Obviously, it's the,
3: it's the class of it's the class of ads, man. It's the class gonna, of ads.
4: I'm not even going to say the brand. I mean, like I'm I'm like, listen. Oh, no. I'm going to I'm going to call Jets if I'm going to eat pizza and call. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes.
2: I'm I love Jets pizza. All right. So, uh, real quick, we've just got a few questions left, but uh, you know, we've we're right in the we're 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 twenty nineteen twenty games left of the Blue Jackets season. The Blue Blue Jackets just come off of. And I don't know how closely you're following, but they just come off of a brutal weekend in Detroit where you go up against one of the worst teams in the league and and get just smashed two nights in a row. Uh, And then you come out against Tampa and you smash Tampa. Uh, So what have your thoughts been on this year's team? Uh, And, uh, you know, as up and down and as, as much of a roller coaster as it feels like, they're still right in the middle of this playoff push. How are you feeling about these last 20 games? Yeah, I mean,
4: you, you couldn't have said it better. It's just – it's it's, it's definitely been a roller coaster. I think I was looking, what are they, three points out of the last spot?
3: Yeah. And then there's a
4: – who is it behind them? Dallas has a few games in hand, something like that. Uh, yeah. Listen, I mean, like, ever since I've been a Blue Jacket, I'll say one thing about the Blue Jackets. Like, the team, like – it's it's always seems like they're up and down. They're kind of like, you know, in or in the way or I don't know whatever something. But then, at the right time, or in one case in my opinion, the wrong time, like you get on this, you get on a big run, and you know you string together a bunch of big games and, and you win a bunch of big games. So, um, you know, hoping the team can can put one of those runs together like we've had in multiple years uh, since I was a Blue Jacket, even uh, since I haven't been playing. Um, so you know. Like I said, it, it just again. Hopefully, uh, you know, goaltending's got to stay strong. These guys got to, you know, Cam and and you know, try and get Liney to start scoring a little bit more. You know, get some guys that get hot a little bit. Uh, Borky, um, whatnot, and um, you know, I f- I feel like they're right in the mix, and that's the place that they always are, and um, or that we always have been in, and. and if they can just string some wins together, I think they'll, you know, they'll, they'll get into the playoffs and, you know, again, the playoffs are the playoffs. Nobody knows what, what can happen.
2: Yeah. It's uh, yeah, it's been, it's been, it's been crazy. And, and it's funny. We, we put out the, that you were coming on the show uh, and my favorite place to put things out is on Reddit. We put it out on Reddit and 5,000 people commented, not 5,000, but it was a ton of people that commented.
4: You're right. And
2: no 500, I, this, that's is, right. 500 this, is, this is the garage 000. beers podcast five no. don't undersell it
3: don't undersell it 500 Half a million 000. people
2: but if you want to know the overwhelming thoughts on brandon dubinsky coming on the podcast uh we put it out and of course you just get the jackasses because uh, you know you you were under contract and then you had brandon you got an you you, you had a crazy injury that that is causing you to be in South Florida right now and not with the Blue Jackets. And you got the people that love to call that out, oh, they're paying him for this or that. And it's funny, there was one person that made a comment like that and there were like literally like 57 comments right underneath, like you do not talk about Brandon Dubinsky <laughs> like that. So uh, just tell us real quick, like, you know, uh, I don't know what the plans are. What's what's the plans for you? Are you are you just living life right now? You just enjoying life? What's What's the plans moving forward? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, living down here, enjoying it, obviously,
4: um, you know, business is business. We just talked about that, you know, so under contract, uh, um, unable to play, um, got the wrist injury, the multiple surgeries. Um, You know, I think if anybody knew the entire uh, extent of what the wrist went through, they wouldn't be. Talking shit, but that's just what people do. I mean, right? Right. Listen, right. Uh, you know that doesn't bug me one bit. Um, at the end of the day, uh, I'm I'm done playing hockey. I won't, you know, I won't step on the ice anymore. Uh, it sucks. Um, you know, it wasn't the way that I wanted things to end, especially, you know, in the middle of a preseason. Um, but at the end of the day, like like I said, I got three boys here, and and I got, you know, I'm 34 years old. I hope I got another thirty four to go.
2: <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you know, more. More. <laughs> Please do more than that. Poor no, I'm more. Kidding.
4: <laughs> but you know, I just you know, I got a lot of years left and um, you know, I want them to be quality years. I don't want anything to happen where, you know, it jeopardizes my quality of life and and, you know, jeopardizes, you know, the, the quality of a father I can be and and with my kids and whatnot. So um, you know, in life you just gotta make some tough decisions sometimes and um, you know I played through it. Uh, for a couple of years, I think Blue Jackets fans would agree that I wasn't the same player my last couple of years as I was before that, before the, the two the two surgeries that I had back in uh, 17. Um, but you know what? I fucking left it all on the ice and, and, and tried to play and do and, and the best I could. But at the end of the day, um, this was the the best decision and the most important decision that that I'll probably end up making. It sucks. I had, you know, some, some things in, in the game that I didn't accomplish that I wanted to accomplish, whether it would be personal goals, playing a thousand games, you know, being 150 short or whatever I was, or, you know, winning the Stanley cup as a player, uh, things like that. It's not going to happen. But at the end of the day, um, that's okay. I'm proud of my career and it's off to the next. Uh, You know, I have, Like I said, I plan on spending my time in Columbus, living in Columbus. Um, There's a ton of great people there. Business is booming in Columbus. So I look forward (laughs) to see what's going on next and and figuring out what's next for Brandon Rubinsky and uh, and my family. So I'm excited for that. Um, I'll always be a hockey fan. I'll always be a Blue Jackets fan. Um, Even when I'm done playing, I'll be a season ticket holder you can come find me at the beer, you know, at the game and, and have a beer and grab some popcorn with me because I'll, I'll be there with my boys. Uh, yeah. so, you know, that's what's next for me.
2: Hey, listen, how- uh, it, it's, it's, Oh, go ahead, Chad.
3: Oh, no, I was going to say, uh, just to, just to piggyback off that, how is your overall health right now? Like, are you, are you rehabbing? And, um, I guess another part B of that is, um, you know, you're done playing hockey, but do you, uh, do you have any interest in getting back into hockey at some point from like a coaching standpoint or anything?
4: Uh, Currently not right now, as far as getting back into hockey, but I mean, absence makes the heart grow fonder as they say, right? (laughs) So we'll see. Like I'm not, you know, I'll never rule out anything. Uh, You know, like the rookie, maybe a kind I'm just kidding. a comeback. (laughs) Yeah. So he's going to get into
2: baseball, which is going to be crazy.
4: Um, yeah i mean no it, i i don't I have no idea um whether or not uh you know I'll end up getting him back in hockey or not, but um yeah we'll see
2: listen all I think all three of us are interested in joining you for a beer or for a- uh blue jackets game, so <laughs> we're in for that here's here's the question I'm excited to ask you. I know the injury situation is tough and dealing with that professionally, but you're a dad three times over you're a dad. Yeah. I'm a dad. I got a three-year-old and one on the way. Chad's a dad. Joey will be a dad at some point in his life. How have you enjoyed this Baby. time with your kids? You know, we had Felino on during during the that period of that weird period of time this year between the bubble and then the late start to the season. And he was talking about being like a soccer dad and like, you know, like finally getting to like drop his kids off at school and stuff. How are you enjoying just being a dad, enjoying time with your kids? And then second to that you posted a picture on your Instagram of you and your son your son was wearing like a master's caddy outfit. And and then my second question is, is he for hire? And can he help me fix my slice?
4: (laughs) That's a lot of questions. That's
2: a lot of questions. Listen, Um, I believe in you.
4: (laughs) Being a dad, you know, like being a dad has been amazing. So since, since I, you know, I've been away from the team and uh, I've coached now um, three basketball teams. Uh, yes, I got two flag football teams under my belt <coughs> and one yes. soccer team. All three sports I never played. Um, <laughs> and I actually signed up to be the t-ball coach, but another dad wanted it worse than I did. So I think yeah. Uh, <laughs> No. So, I mean, I, 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 do you throw it on the
2: gloves at that point?
4: (laughs) (laughs) No, you just friendly tap them on the shoulder and say, listen, if you need any help, I'm here. But um,
3: yeah. Yeah. You just hip check them out of just routine. (laughs) I've enjoyed,
4: I've enjoyed the hell out of that. Like my, my, my oldest boy um, doesn't love being on the ice and stuff. So he loves, he loves playing uh, football and basketball and golf and uh, so I've enjoyed, like I've coached, you know, some of his teams through like I-9 sports and stuff like that. Uh, you know, that's been a blast. Um, my, my middle son, he's, he's four and a half. Um, he's the one that's on the ice with me. You can see him kind of skating around and, and um, it, you know, in the Instagram there. But he, he doesn't like, he doesn't like want to listen to me on the ice. Like, you know, like I try and like get him out there and like teach him how to bend his knees and like, you know, stride it out and everything else. And like, he's like, no dad, like I'm not listening to you. So I actually, you know, got a a really talented, uh, young kid here who trained some of the young players down here in Florida who's skating with my boy twice a week. Um, and he's been great. And, And then he loves playing soccer and, um, so yeah man just doing it all like you know it's been it's been a lot of fun it's been a lot of fun to like be at home um it, it's been different obviously too there's been some you know some changes like you know when you're used to being on the road as much as we were and then even when you're home like you're not home like cuz on like a game day you know like you go to the rink and like you have your pregame skate and then when you're done with your pregame skate you know, you come home and I, I guess everybody's different, but like I'd come home and like, I would just eat, you know, my pregame meal at like noon. And then like, I would just like be lay in my bed until like four o'clock and then I'd go to the rink and I'd be, you know, I'd be home by midnight or whatever it was. So like, even though you're like playing a home game, you're not at home. Like, you're not like seeing your kids, you're not like playing with them and, and doing all these things. Like you're leaving at like eight in the morning to go pregame skate. And like, you're coming back basically at midnight with a nap and a meal in between. Um, right. You know, so crazy amount of time, uh, you know, at home as well. Um, but it's been a blast. Like we, you know, we play all sorts of fun games, knee hockey, the, the, you know, school has been crazy with the pandemic and, you know, listen, like I'm, I'm the best first grade teacher in the world right now. (laughs) Uh, Like, Right now, like I don't have a fifth grader, but like if there's like a TV show or you swear than a the first grader, I think I got some stuff down because, you know, we're learning about, uh, we're learning about B's and uppercase letters and, you know,
2: some small multiplication, stuff like that. So it's been a lot of fun. I, I, before Chad, I know Chad's got one last question to ask you, but before it gets into that, you just brought it up. We did it last night. We went to Dick's Sporting Goods up here in the Cleveland area. And I bought my kid, my kid. I'm not real sure that my kid's any kind of athletic at (laughs) almost four years old. And that's okay. But I, at Dick's, the one thing he wanted, it was my like happiest moment. The one thing he wanted were just the mini sticks with the little balls. And my kid and I sat in the hallway of this house last night for an hour, just firing those shots back and forth at each other, playing mini sticks. Uh, Any hockey player, and I was not one, but any pl- hockey player knows about the mini sticks playing the balls down the hallway and all that. Uh, that was like my proudest moment so far of being a dad. It was amazing. Oh, it's epic! I mean, I'll, I'll give you like a little piece
4: here. So I'm in. Uh, so like I said, I'm in. I'm in Florida. We got a condo down here because uh, you know our, um, my my wife's my wife's parents live down here. Um, you know, mostly during the winter. Uh, so we bought you know a two bedroom condo, like you know nothing nothing crazy. Um, And then we ended up deciding to stay here because we were able to do like virtual school and stuff like that. And, you know, so we're in here. And of course, we do the same thing. Like my boys are like, we need the nets, dad. we need the sticks, like we need all this stuff. And so, you know, we get it. And they're running back and forth, like on the hardwood floor, like just running back and forth. And so Uh, my neighbor sends me, like, the nicest email in the world. He's the person right below me, (laughs) right below me. He's, like, basically, like, listen, I have, like, a young daughter, and, like, I'm trying to be as nice as I can by telling you, like, it sounds like you have, like, elephants, you know, stampeding (laughs) in your house all day. (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> says, it sounds like there's a stampede going on all day long in your house um if you could just like help me out a little bit <laughs> then, yeah. you know yeah. like you know they go to bed early like i said but it you know i was like you know what? i didn't really think about that so i'm like guys like <laughs> keep it down a little bit and then we ended up going out and buying like all these like rubber mats and stuff you know to play on but uh, <laughs> <Yes. it's just, laughs> well, we're having a lot of fun man it's been I know Dubisky, what
2: you're amazing hockey player very considerate neighbor very considerate <laughs> no, <I know>. Buying <laughs> the, the flooring
3: now now i know what you're thinking and all i'm trying to say is could you shut the fuck up no <laughs> 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 now, no um all right man so dude uh are you ready to get your mind blown at about it because this is just a small world brandon here small world moment here i okay. hope you're ready here we go so so i you know i i obviously i had to ask around and, and see if like I, there were any stories <laughs> out there any fun stories i could bring up so my buddy from high school moved up to alaska after we graduated right and I go, hey, I, and, and I, t- I message him. I said, hey, what can you tell me about Anchorage? Is there anything like I could bring up that maybe, you know, would make, you would make Brandon feel nostalgic, anything like that? Well, I didn't say Brandon at the time. I said, I said I'm interviewing a former NHL player. And I said, and he, t- and he goes, who is it? And I go, Brandon Dubinsky. And he just laughs his ass off. He sends me a message back, laughs his ass off. And he goes, I'm roommates with T. Sutts and Daniel, Daniel Sira. Sarah? <laughs> yeah. 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 So he said, I'm room. So, and and Mike and Joe, these are his best friends from high school, apparently. Okay. Or, or one on. of them is his best friends from high school. Ba- hold on. Back up. Who is this again? Who's the guy? <laughs> <laughs> one, of my, one of my buddies from high school moved to Alaska after we graduated. And his name's Matthew Salkel. And I asked him, I just asked him, I was like, is there anything you can tell me about Anchorage? That's like, how I just wanted to. I just want to learn more about Anchorage. And, he, and he's, he, once I told him who I was interviewing, he goes, he laughs his ass off. He goes, my roommate's his best friend from high school. One of his yeah. best friends from high school. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, so I asked around. And unfortunately, they said, like, I don't have too many PG stories. <laughs> that I could give. <laughs> but, but, he did, but the one thing that they did give me was they said, ask him about the legend of Hawk 19. I don't know. <laughs> what that what that is but i'm really curious to find out oh
4: god you know what i'm thankful for you and your friend and both taylor and daniel for not for not completely throwing me under the bus because (laughs) (laughs) i've known i i've known those guys since we were probably five five years old like so and like best friends you know Absolutely hammers it on the head. Like Taylor was in my wedding, Daniel was at my wedding. Like, uh, okay. uh we talk on a very regular basis, uh, those guys. So, uh, T-Stuff <laughs> is Taylor, by the way. Um, yeah, okay, <laughs> and Daniel. But so, the legend of Hawk 19. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually hilarious because I was uh, <laughs> actually had this conversation, I don't know how this got brought up, but a few <laughs> weeks ago it got brought up. So <laughs> Hawk nineteen was uh was my first car. Uh it was a nineteen ninety Ford Tempo.
2: Oh no.
4: (laughs) It was now listen. It gets better. It gets so much better. So like I bought this thing. So like my dad was like my dad was kind of like a hard ass. And he was just kind of like like all my kids are gonna buy like their first car. So like my older brother had like this like it must've been like an old construction truck or something. It was like a 1974 Dodge Ram. It was orange. <laughs> and, he, and he had it, and he had it painted like blue, but like didn't obviously have the kind of cash to like paint the, like the in, insides of the door and, and whatnot, like the, the door wells and all that shit. So like you'd open the door and <laughs> it'd be like bright orange. But like on the outside, it was like navy. A a spray paint, but it wasn't a little bit more than that, but um so yeah i bought this car for like 500 bucks um and you know it actually drove pretty well it had like it had like a a dent that i'm not kidding it was like this big like (laughs) that's like a foot like it was like this massive dent like in the driver's door i bought the thing for 500 bucks it had like these it had the uh the the automatic seatbelts, you know, that went like up
2: and over your shoulder. Oh and, and yeah. Your yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. That was real, real nice. <laughs> That's epic. a real nice situation. Real nice.
4: So, anyways, uh, my first year in Portland, I was sixteen. I didn't have a license. Uh, actually, Braden Coburn still plays in the NHL. He was my uh, he was my next door neighbor. He was the one that like drove me around my entire sixteen year old year in Portland, uh, playing for the Winterhawks. And so the next year. Like, it's just what I had, man. It's just what we had and my family had. Like, so we shipped this this 1994 tempo down when I was 17. Oh, and no. it's like this really popular thing in Alaska, like get like these personalized license plates. It's like the sweet <laughs> thing to do. So <laughs> like throw no. Nate Thompson under the no. bus because like he's, you know, he played in the NHL and like he, I played with him. Like he had a plate that said like Thompson on it, you know? So anyways, my dad thought it'd like be this like really nice touch, like really like sweet thing to like get me this personalized license plate that said Hawk 19. <laughs> Cause, I, Cause I wore number 19. I played for the winter Hawks. And so he sends this thing down. It's got the plate. Anyways, Taylor, what remembers the story because Taylor actually played junior with me that year. He was like, he was, we were both 17. He made the team. That was his only year that he played um, in the Western hockey league. We played together in Portland it was crazy. It was a lot of fun. Um, and I used to drive him around. He was my neighbor. So we drove in Hawk 19 all the time. So we'd get in the car and our seatbelts would like <laughs> over our you know shoulders. I'd be driving around. But then like we would play at the Memorial Coliseum or the Rose Card and so like we all parked our car underneath, you know. And I'd be sitting there like on face offs and shit, like the cause the opposing team's bus would like drive in, you know, and like park. And I'd be like sitting there on pace offs like, <laughs> It happened like I swear to God, it happened every game. Especially because most of the players in the league hated me too. They were like, "Dude, sweet car, <laughs> sweet car, buddy, <laughs> sweet car, buddy, Hawk nineteen, way to go!" It was like oh. the biggest
3: piece of shit in the parking lot.
2: Oh, now I get it. Now I get it. Because when Matt, I got love the idea me, of you. I just love the idea of you parking that thing like under uh, the Rose Garden, like an NBA arena, and here comes this Ford Tempo, Hawk yeah. 19. Absolutely. Lower the gates! Lower the gates.
4: <laughs> I, I, had it, I had it for one year, actually. I mean, lucky enough, I got drafted that year, and I was like, "We just gotta, you know, we gotta get a new car. So we ended up, we, we graduated to like a Chevy Malibu Classic after that.
1: Yeah.
4: Uh, <laughs> but we had Hawk 19. Hawk 19 lived on for a year. I think the plate's somewhere in like my mom's garage or something, but like uh, we always like to die laughing about it. It's it's one of the more legendary uh, cars that ever existed, and all the other opposing <laughs> players would just give me shit like, "Why would you ever put a personalized license plate on that piece of shit?" <laughs> or identify yourself with that. With that car, oh. I'm like, dude, this is my dad trying to be a nice guy, you know? So yeah, <laughs>
3: uh, dude, now I get it. Now I totally get it because when Matt sent me that message, he said Taylor laughed his ass off when he told him <laughs> to yeah. tell him that
2: <laughs> you know Like the dude. idea of shipping the Ford Tempo too? Like you think well, the shipping company's like, you sure? <laughs> <laughs> what the shipping's gonna cost twice as much as the car cost?
4: Are you sure you want to do this? You could actually, you could actually scrap this one and buy one twice as
2: nice down there. <laughs> oh I God, mean, Hawk nineteen! Uh, it drove, some baby. Incredible, some incredible <laughs> stories. Uh, and as you heard on the show tonight, you're going to find Brandon Dubinsky at Nationwide Arena drinking some beers, watching the Blue Jackets. Uh, we certainly want to be a part of that party at some point. So we need to do a Garage Beers meetup with Brandon Dubinsky at some point. But Brandon, man, you stayed up past your bedtime. Uh, we very much appreciate it. You told us some great stories. You opened up to us. We very much appreciate that. Brandon Dubinsky it. from the Blue Jackets, from the NHL. We very much appreciate your time. Thank you so much for joining us on the Garage Beers podcast. We appreciate you.
4: I had a blast, guys. Thanks a lot. And uh, look forward to hanging
2: with you boys and doing this again. Thanks for having me. And once again, that was Brandon Dubinsky, still technically with the Columbus Blue Jackets. But uh, what an amazing interview. What a great guy. Uh, And we certainly look forward to having some in-person beers with Dubinsky moving forward. Uh, And and that's pretty much going to do it for us. He was amazing. Uh, We got nothing else we're going to add to this podcast. So we're going to just go right into our three cheers of the week. Uh, Things that are just making us happy this week. Uh, before we head out, Joe, we're going to start with you. Joey, what is your three chair of the week?
1: Not Adidas soccer socks. What? Um, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It's the saga of my, my co-ed softball league, but I, I slid in the second. Um, oh. Shortstop was a little over the line, and I wasn't, like, trying to take him out, but, like, get out of my way, dude. I'm sliding. Um, I got, <laughs> I got this huge shiner that goes halfway down my shin. Uh, and it's very hard to walk right now, but the only thing I had on was like <laughs> knee high Adidas socks and then like running shorts. <laughs> so probably not the best thing to slide in on, but no, I do have an actual cheer. Uh, I'm cheering the Indians today. You fuck. God damn it. That I take yours? Yeah. That's great. And it might be the same exact thing too, because I love this. Uh, i'm cheering uh my cheer is going out to the indians for the closer by committee role that was announced this week i love Hello, it i, you didn't I love you didn't having Emmanuel Clase. i love having nate wood i love having uh james Karinchek rounding out they're gonna rotate who's ever hot yeah. hot hand gets the ball oh my god oh why doesn't that why does it You know, I think all three of those guys have the ability to perform well in that ninth inning situation. And we talked about that a bit with Rosie. Like it's not like their skills better. It's just they can handle that ninth inning pressure differently than other pitchers can. And I think each one of those pitchers bring that level. And I'm just excited. Like, I just don't see, you know, if we are winning after the sixth inning, I don't see us losing a single game this year. It's gonna be we're gonna have one of those statistics where they're like, you know. 80 and 10 if they're winning after the sixth inning. Absolutely.
2: Okay, yeah. You just said if we're winning after the sixth inning, we're not going to lose a single game. I mean, there's going to be one. Well, I, that that
1: was obviously there. an exaggeration. I correct <laughs> myself on the fake statistic nope. that I'm predicting.
3: Nope.
2: Right, nope. Joe's cheer 100 and, of the 162 and 0. Let's go. <laughs> Joe's cheer of the week is the Indians going by closer by committee. And my cheer of the week was really simple. Uh, And it's also Indians involved. Hey, dudes, this podcast releases on Thursday, April 1st, which is opening fucking day. It is opening day of the Indian season. If you're listening to this uh, on the day we release it, the tribe playing the Tigers, this season kicks off and, and, and it symbolizes so many good things. We have... We've talked to Rosie, we've talked to Andre Now we've talked uh, endlessly about the Indians. The Indians offseason, I think, guys, what we've learned over years and years of being Tribe fans is that the Indians offseason is just generally going to suck. The Indians (laughs) offseason sucks. It's not fun not watching baseball, first of all, and then the team is not an offseason team. It's just not what they do. This offseason was no different. But the fact of the matter is, tomorrow, today, I guess, if you're listening to this, the ball games are happening and they matter. Yeah, yeah. And it is time for baseball season. The weather's warming up. It is good news everywhere. So my cheer of the week is just welcome back, Major League Baseball. Chad, what's your cheer of the week?
3: And I think they're going to play too. Like, which is weird. Like you, you know, it's always uh, yeah, right. Pretty sketchy at this time of year, whether they're actually going to play opening day or not, uh, especially here in the Midwest. But, Is yeah, it gonna a, little, play, uh, a
1: little too cold up there?
3: A little too cold up there. A little <laughs> too cold. You're just floating this, in the arc right I was now, Joe. Say, your skies <laughs> are falling down up there. <laughs> no, um... What uh, what what is my cheer of the week, huh? Let's see. Wow, uh, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, my cheer, my cheer goes to the Buffalo Sabers, who uh, I just witnessed break their losing streak of eighteen games, <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> which is Yikes. which is the lo- longest streak ever in the NHL. Uh, and they finally got themselves a win, beating the Philadelphia Flyers. <laughs> Another team circling the drain six to one. Good job. Buffalo Sabres.
2: Have you ever seen a team getting smokehouse to like the Flyers have been lately? No. (laughs) uh, When you see the Flyers versus the Rangers, you just know it's going to be like 11 to nothing. And like what is happening, but you know what? Shout out to the Buffalo Sabres for getting on the winning on the winning side of things for the first time in like two months. Uh, congrats <laughs> to them. Those are our three cheers of the week. If you got something really cool that happened, let us know. We'll shout you out on our socials, all that. Uh, but guys, I think that's going to do it. Anything else you guys have before we get out of here?
3: Uh, did you guys see that the Indians were 16th in the uh, MLB power rankings?
2: Great. Stay right <laughs> Stare
3: 16th? It there.
1: 16th? I don't even want to be top 10. I don't, I don't want that attention. I that you know keep that bar low. We'll be we'll be in the playoffs. I'm right uh, with
3: you, Joe, because I love my Cleveland teams with no expectations on oh them. Yeah. I feel like they play better with no expectations on them. I do.
1: Yeah. We'll
2: find we out. Stay out
1: of Stephen A's mouth and uh, Max Kellerman's mouth, and
2: yeah. we'll be good. Yeah. Hey, listen, it's, it's tribe season. Uh, it's happening now. Uh, we're so excited for it. Just uh, another thing for us to get going with. Uh, as we, uh, gentlemen, my last year, we're going to do four cheers. Gentlemen, my last cheer is this episode is going to come out on April 1st. April 1st of 2021. On April 1st of 2020, we recorded the first ever Garage Beers podcast. So happy one <laughs> year anniversary to you boys. The uh, podcast is year old uh, <clears throat> And we're not throwing a big bash for it or anything, but we're one year into this journey. And I'll tell you what, man, from the guests that we've had, you can't even list them. The, 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 the guests that we've had are so incredible in my mind that yeah. it's possible uh-huh. for us to thank, be thankful enough for those guests. To the listeners, again, one of my favorite things about this podcast is Joey, Chad, and I started this podcast with basically zero following. And those of you that have decided to tag along on this journey, the number grows every week. We are so appreciative of that. Uh, We are a year in, uh, and this is taking us places we never really dreamed it would take us. And so stick with us for another year, another more than one year. Uh, We are very excited for where we're going to go. We're very excited for uh, more stuff that this is taking us to. So, boys, happy anniversary to you, and let's just give our thanks. First of all, our biggest thanks this week on this podcast, Brandon Dubinsky, NHLer, former Blue Jacket, Brandon Dubinsky, uh, absolutely spectacular. We had a great time with him. Also, we give thanks to our podcast network, Belly Up Sports. Go follow them, Belly Up Sports, the Belly Up Podcast Network, and check out some of the other shows on there, especially if you're a hockey fan. There's some really good hockey shows on there. Uh, and as always, we thank you last, the listener. Thank you for all the support. Thank you for everything. I am Michael Keefe at Garage Beers. Mike for Chad Meyer at Garage Beers. Chad and Joey Whalen at Garage Beers. Joe, go follow the show at the Garage Beers on Twitter, on Instagram. Look at our uh, Facebook, our TikTok. Check this interview out on our YouTube channel and so much more. Uh, But for this episode 59, it's coming to a close. We got a really really special one coming to you next week. Can't wait to get to you. Thank you for us uh, here at the Garage Beers podcast. We'll see you next week. Cheers, everybody.